Мы счастливы быть в вашей стране и иметь возможность лучше познакомиться с вашей культурой. Наши выступления являются обеду нашими странами. Мы хотим познакомить вас с американской культурой, народными, современными песнями и танцами. And I, I hardly even remember what I said, <laughs> and, and, I, and I probably missed them. Some of the words right now, but... So if anybody speaks Russian, извините, пожалуйста. Hi, and welcome to And If Love Remains. I am your host, Mike Levitt, and I'm very pleased to be with my good friends, Gin and Nancy Ganese, and we're um, happy to do another uh, episode of our Love Story series with this wonderful couple, and uh, welcome to the show, Gin and Nancy. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Michael. Nice, uh, nice to be here. Fabulous. Well, um... I love talking about origin stories and how how did all this happen. So let's this, this talk a little bit, um, you know, maybe a, a little BN, a little before Nancy again. How, t- talk to us. Where where did you come from? Tell us a little bit about your background. Who who is again? Well, my my story begins in Australia because uh, I was born in Canberra, Australia, and my parents were both uh, Lithuanian. They came uh, to the to Australia after the Second World War's refugees. And so uh, for me, my my first language was Lithuanian, spoken at home. And uh, I grew up very much with uh, a flavor and a a, um, culture of Lithuania, uh, sort of in my blood and in my home. And uh, anyway, when when I um, got through schooling uh, in Australia, uh, I had made a decision to come uh, overseas to, to study uh, and to see a bit of the world. So I actually came to the United States um, to go to school. I uh, went to school at Ricks College in Rexburg, Idaho. Um, uh, interesting enough, this was a, a, a church school for, for the LDS um, church, but I was not a member of it. Uh, in fact, I knew very little about uh, Latter-day Saints, uh, Mormons. But um, at that time, I had a friend that convinced me to, to come um, come to Riggs College. It was a great school and great facilities and cute girls. And, and when he says facilities, and, he's talking about sporting facilities. Oh, yeah, basketball yes. uh, facilities. And yeah. Because he, he, he played for the state. Well, the ACT isn't a state, but it was like, treated like one with the sporting thing. So the volleyball. Uh-huh. So he loved... He, skied and surfed and played basketball and volleyball and that was kind of his life so the appeal to go to rick's college was one to go to a foreign country two they had great sporting facilities and the guy said really cute girls so yeah. that was the there's all that he was right on all three counts, <laughs> especially the cute girls oh hey. <laughs> that's fabulous so you went to so you went to rick's and so i did i, I went to rick's for two years and actually uh tried to stay a third year even though it's a two-year school uh i ran for student body office and i uh, only came in second ah. so i didn't get to stay but it was all meant to be but uh, I did actually join the church at the end of the, my second year, oh. uh, transferred to uh, BYU, and at uh, BYU I, I then uh, uh, went off and got called to a, an overseas mission, 
uh, where I was sent to the Australia Brisbane area. Oh so wow! Kind of back to my home country. Well, just out of curiosity, how how close was that to where you grew up? Uh, about oh. seven hundred miles. Okay. North. So. They're, they're, Us Yanks uh, don't know much about Australia. Well, it would be like uh, if, if you were from, uh, say, Los Angeles, but you actually came up to Idaho. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, it's not that not that close. Right on. But, okay. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's that's kind of my my pre-Nancy life. Right on, uh, right so on. I, I was at college uh, at BYU after, after returning back from Australia, and um, yeah. And what were you, at that time... Before you met Nancy, like what were your goals? What what kind of things did you have in mind as far as maybe vocation? Like what were you thinking about? What were you, what was your well, mindset? Um, I had actually planned all along that when I went overseas to study, I would come back to Australia, and I would uh, work in my father's construction company, and eventually he would retire, uh, and I'd be take uh, it over, take over the family business. That was uh, the, the intent, the goal, the idea. Uh, but I've got to tell you, life does not always <laughs> uh, go the way you plan it. In fact, uh, quite quite uh, differently so. So here I, here I am, uh, living in, in uh, northern Idaho, uh, retired. Um, With lots of animals and still a lot of, of kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there we go. So. That's, that's exciting. Nancy, what about you? Tell me about... Pre-Gin, what? Tell me about your growing up and and. Well, so um, I grew up in Henderson, Nevada, and I always just wanted to get married and have a family. And I used to write down the kids' names that I, because I always wanted to have eight children, five boys and three girls. I've ended <laughs> up having seven children, five boys and two girls. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> And none Don't of them have, and none of them have the, the names that I had picked out in my youth. But that's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah. No, but anyway, so we, um, I, I love dance, and I used to take dance when I was a young girl, and piano, and singing, and that was the arts was always really attractive to me, you know. Mm-hmm. So my mom is handicapped, and um, quite severely so. I don't remember her walking very much. I remember by the time I was in fourth grade, she had to hold on to two of us kids to go anywhere. Like So oh, wow. if we had to go to the school, my sister and I would be on either side of her for her balance. <clears throat> and then I remember like she would progress to using a walker and then a wheelchair, and now she's been in bed, bedridden for decades. Oh, wow. So um, I grew up with a lot of responsibility at the home. And, you know, I, it's funny because I never really had any great ambition at all, except for to just get married and have, have a family. And um, it's also funny because one fellow that I was engaged to before I was engaged to my husband, uh, one of his complaints about me is he thought that I was going to be boring and I had no ambition. And um, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> if only he knew. If only he knew. <laughs> he probably does. No, he doesn't. But it, it's just funny because I <clears throat> I changed a lot. Like I've changed a lot. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, did, so um, did you go to BYU or? I did. So. I was in my sophomore year, so when I went to BYU, 
<clears throat> I got into as many dance classes as I could my first year, and which was a lot. And I attracted the gaze of the dance department heads. Mm -hmm. So Suzanne Davis asked me <clears throat> in my very my freshman year, "Are you enrolled in the teachers' training course?" And I was like, "I don't even know. I didn't even know what that was." Right. You know. So I obviously said no, and she said, "I need you to enroll." So I got in for the fall semester, or no, the um, in January. So I started in winter semester. Yeah, I think I don't remember now. It's been too many years, but I got in whenever the next one was, and even though I hadn't finished my course, I was assisting Don Allen, who was also a department head. He has since deceased. He had, and he he was a specialist in. Um, not square just folk dance. dancing, but square dancing. And so other universities would bring him. And I hadn't even finished the course, and he would have me teach his classes hmm. while he was gone. And so, um, and then I ended up getting invited to join the International Folk Dance Team by Mary B. Jensen, who said, okay, Don Allen and Suzanne Davis, they're all just talk, talking about you. you know, <laughs> we, we need you to be part of our team. But I was a, I was a peon. Again, was a hot shot. So he had toured the world with Rick's College and BYU before he was... On the ballroom the, dance team. No, folk dance. The folk dance team. Yeah, so he had gone... At that time, the Iron Curtain was still in existence, and he was in the first group allowed to go behind the Iron Curtain, and he still remembers the talks he got to be oh, the person wow. who gave them on national television. What was that like, Gin? Well, I think it's a, a unique event in my life that I'll I'll never forget because we we went to so many different Eastern European nations. I mean if I run through, you know, Romania, Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Poland, uh, Russia, Russia um, and in in all of those uh, iron block countries uh, each had their own unique flavor but it was a huge contrast between the freedom of the West and how people had to live. Uh, in those other countries, and of course it was, um, you know, it was just unique because I I come from a country which was now part of the you know the Soviet bloc, uh, the three Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, were all under the you know the rule of the, the Russia. Right. But anyway, it it also was uh, unique for me because uh, when we were in Moscow. Um, my uncle, aunt, and only first cousin, uh, who were all uh, had remained in Lithuania after the war, because he was too young to flee. Mm -hmm. They uh, they came to see me in Moscow. It was just a unique. Wow. Uh, it's a kind of a, a, a long. I don't want to give the the whole story now. Yeah. But, uh, that was my only opportunity that I had ever had to. To, to meet them and them to meet me and because they would have tearful. had to have gotten got they had to get special papers yeah it wow. was it was not a Quite time when people can just you know not like we used to here where you can just get in the car and go that there's yeah. no such thing yeah wow anyway, so. what a amazing experience that's yeah. but uh yeah I, I think for everyone that went on that tour it, it was it was very unique and special and uh we all had to learn um parts of 
each of these languages as well because we we had to make introductions right and, narrations uh, or whatever yeah. yeah certain of us had um a rather lengthy introduction to make because uh, the show would start out and in several countries we were um, filmed in a movie studio uh, that that was the case in, in in russia and in poland um, some places we had a very big stage others mm -hmm. we were in actual festivals and things but uh, anyway. and then they would pro they they broadcast it on uh, national television yeah. right so, so i got to be the one that had the russian um i had to memorize a russian sort of introduction I, I sort of still remember it after 40 <laughs> years because i, I parroted it come on and give I us was, a little taste мы сейчас любит в вашей стране и имеет возможность лучше познакомиться с вашей культурой. Наши выступления являются беду нашими странами. Мы хотим познакомить вас с американской культурой, народными, современными песнями и танцами. And I, I don't hardly even remember what I said, <laughs> and, and, I, and I probably missed and some of the anyway. words right now. But. So if anybody speaks Russian, извините, пожалуйста. It's been 42 years since you uh, went. Oh, that's but amazing. I used, to, I used to, you know, I used to sit. I, I can only in the imagine. And I'd be saying this over and over to myself. <laughs> and then you're trying to remind yourself. I can imagine because I know when you're on, when one is on tour, yeah. like it's sometimes it's I'm hard to remember what city you're in. <laughs> And ironically, this was done with a very small studio audience in, in, a, in a Russian uh, sort of, you know, um, television station. And I did that introduction, and, and midway through it, the audience sort of busted up laughing or chuckled. I, I must have mispronounced something com completely <laughs> or, or said, you know, must have said, you know, I'm, I'm a toilet head or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways... <laughs> oh, that's great. So when I met him, he was living in the Russian house at BYU. So he he could he was pretty fluent in Russian by the time I met him. So he was fluent in Lithuanian, English, and Russian, and then pretty good at German. And he had studied French, so he had five languages under his belt at that time. His dad had eight, so I'm not sure which other ones your dad spoke. I think Polish. Well, Polish and others. The thing the thing is that most people who who are from Europe, since they're surrounded by uh, other countries that are close by, and they all speak different languages, it was not unusual for, for people to know their neighbors' couple of languages, you know, the French, German, Spanish, or you know, Polish, Russian, and so forth. Um, okay, but Nancy, you kind of jumped the gun. I want to hear how you guys met. What You guys met on the folk team, but how did that happen? No, we actually oh, you didn't. didn't. So... Um, so remember, I'd been teaching for Don Allen. I'd been assisting Suzanne. They had me kind of going all over the place helping people. And Suzanne Davis had said to me, I'm going to give you your own class because then you get paid, which is really wonderful. You get paid to be a, a student teacher. Yeah. And she called me up in, I think, December before, the January, before we left for the break. And she said, Nancy, I know I promised you your own class, but I have... A, a teacher who needs an assistant and I promise I'll give you a class the next semester because when you're an assistant you don't get paid mm. you get experience but you don't get paid and I said okay Suzanne I'll do it and it was to assist Gin okay so I had heard of him um, he was a hot shot I knew he hadn't heard of me so I had told this girl and I'm not going to say her name who that I was going to be his assistant 
So she told me that she was engaged again. Okay. And she told Gin that I was engaged to somebody else. But she didn't tell me that I was engaged to her. (laughs) (laughs) That was news to you. (laughs) Didn't find that out later. So anyway, she wanted to make sure that she Um, had her she had she had a backup plan yeah so um so i went into class that first day and it again says i still remember that black dress you know so i had a black dress on and my first and i i taught the class and i was like there's all these girls that are hanging about here and he's flirting with him this guy is a rat bag or a dirty dog. He's engaged to this girl and he's flirting with all these guys. <laughs> cool. These girls. girls, I mean. These girls. Oh, the, all these girls. And I'm like, oh. I know in America it's kind of unusual because that was one of the things that was hard for me to understand is that in America, uh, everybody's referred to as guys, even girls. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. So, you blow your nose in toilet paper. These are unusual. <laughs> So anyway, um, he was flirting with all these girls, and I thought, oh, this guy's a scumbag. Like, seriously. Right. And then he needed me for another class, so I was teaching two different classes with him. And in both classes, all these girls were hanging out with this guy, (laughs) and he's flirting with them, and none of them are this girl that he's engaged to. I don't think I was really flirting. (laughs) Yeah, I I want to hear your perspective in a second. Well, they did. Were there not girls that were hanging out all the time? Well, yeah, but they just like to hear the accent, you know. That's how I get introduced. This is, uh, again, he's uh, from Australia. Say something. Speak. Oh, you're so cute. So he had all these little groupies that liked his accent. Yeah, it is is easy to to flirt when all you got to do is talk. That's right. So he was not impressed with me at first. Well... Just, what, what, what did you think, Gin? When you, f- you know, she's a, she's a cutie, um, but my general uh, experience with with uh, beautiful girls, and um, you know, I don't know if this is this is typical or not, but you know, there's a tendency for them to kind of feel as though they're they're pretty cool and they're particular about who they'll yeah they'll uh, you know chum around with and all this sort of stuff so um you know they they have a tendency to be kind of stuck up on themselves so that's just been my experience and so she felt in that you felt like she was in that so i figured she's probably just you know not not somebody that i would be able to get to 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 know real well uh, or to okay be interested in because i'm just this well you already stated on this schlep who's well, no but you weren't a schlep i thought he was a schlep but he wasn't but, but he also thought because he said i thought you were too cute to be smart you know because most girls that were really cute in his experience not that i'm really cute he thought i was cute. she's cute she's you know? cute. she's still cute <laughs> but absolutely anyway, for 40 so, years and she's just as cute as can be i love you Aww. so anyway but he he thought that I was probably like the dumb, sorry cheerleaders, but the dumb cheerleader, the dumb right. blonde type that right. had that no stereotype. Sub- the stereotype, the stereotype, yeah. no substance. Yeah. And so that's what his first impression of me was. So um, it, neither one of us started out on a good, particularly good foot <laughs> with each other. I love it. <laughs> so, so, so you're... You're assisting him. I'm assisting him in his in in teaching his classes. Yeah. And and um, so you obviously got, had to talk to each other and right and 
Yeah, so he invited me to go to the Cougar Eat for an ice water after class so we could talk about I mean, the thing is, after a couple of, just the first couple of uh, classes, I mean, we need to sit down and talk and get to know each other uh, better and yeah. be able to work as a team and so forth. And the Cougar Eat is just the, you know, the eatery cafeteria. Yeah. Uh, Our class was just right down from it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we joke about this now, you know, but in hindsight, she should have realized just what a skin flint I am because <laughs> he invited me for an ice water, <laughs> <An> ice water. <laughs> that's the only freebie that you get there but, but at that time and I've got to tell you I mean I was you know not not a not a student that had money you know I had a I had a car that was oh my gosh. From, from Hick. And, um, I could hear him coming because he'd come down the hill and every time he sh- downshifted, it backfired. So we... <laughs> and on our first date, the car didn't start. So we oh, came yeah. to the parking lot and it yeah. didn't start. And I came in the parking lot of, of her multiplex where there's, you know, uh, a big parking area and lots and, of kids and, and boys out lot. there shooting baskets. <laughs> so I, I dated a lot, two to three dates a day, most days. And so he, when he came to get me, all the guys in the parking lot were looking to see who I was going out yeah, with. Yeah, goes, this the date for the day, you know? <laughs> you know. <laughs> this guy is some bomb that showed up. And, and then the car wouldn't start. Yeah. Okay, but we got to back up. So, yeah. so we go to the ice water. Yeah. We both found out at the ice water that... Uh, this thing of being engaged and stuff was a was a, 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 a <laughs> true a yeah. trick of so i had been engaged but i'd been broken up since september yeah and, and so i'd never been engaged and i had the massive fear of doing so <laughs> <laughs> so then i asked him because he was going by gin and i said is that your whole name and he's like no my name is Guinness. and i was like whoa <laughs> That is so cool, because I was Nancy K. Jones. I mean, how, you know, you've got one extreme on the other, right? Right. And so I said, can you write this down for me? So he took the little card that was sent on the Cougar Eatney table, and he wrote his name out. And every day I looked at it, and I practiced to be able to say his name, because I yeah, thought it was, was just impressive. cool. The, the, the irony is, though, you know, I mean, Nancy has a fairly simple name by comparison, and always, you know, so uh, an exotic name sounded good. Me, I'm like... Boy, if I only had, had a name like John Smith for a time, that would be <laughs> so easy. You know? I can tell you stories about my growing-up years. Actually, where my so you want to know something butchered. funny? Huh? So, because when he went to school, the teachers never got it right. He, to this day, can remember every other kid in his class that had a weird name and how to spell it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> John Kachuacha, K-I-C-Z-U-R-C-Z-A-K. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Lubieski, L-U-B-I-J-E-W-S-K-I. That's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, they'd, they'd always read off the names at the beginning of the semester, the school year, and you always know when they got to my name because it, there'd be a moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'd be some butchering of the name. And then, you know, the one that I really got embarrassed about was when it was, oh, would she stand up, please? <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, right here, <laughs> I can I can appreciate you know that Johnny Cash song, a boy named Sue, you know, the story. <laughs> probably tough for a lot of lot of kids who are from Foreign other countries. countries. And, oh, uh, for sure, you can never get their name right. You know. Yeah, no, that's 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 fascinating. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, 
And so, and so you practice his name so you could speak it well in class and talk to him properly. And, yeah. And, and uh, when did you, when did either of you, when did you get on your first date? How did that? Well, so I, I have to tell a little bit. So Gin is not the regular kind of guy I dated. So most of the guys I dated were jocks or, you know, well off or, yeah. you know. Well, I was a broke schlep <laughs> from Ozzy he, he wasn't a schlep he was actually so once I really realized that he wasn't engaged I started looking at him like so who is this guy but I had um, had a really painful experience with another guy and I had prayed a lot and fasted a lot and sought Heavenly Father's guidance and I made a promise to Heavenly Father that I will listen to you. Because I had been warned to break up with this other guy, hmm. and I did, and then I got talked back into it by the girls in my dorm because he was rich and he was handsome and, you know, mm-hmm. all of these sorts Everything, of things yeah. that you're supposed to want. And But the Spirit had told me no, and I didn't listen. And then in the end, it ended up causing me a great amount of pain. Hmm. And so... Um, I had made it a promise to Heavenly Father that I would listen, that I wanted who he wanted me to marry, that I wanted to be with who he knew was going to be right for me. And I was also, my eyes were really open. I looked at other people's marriages, and I knew I didn't want a marriage like that or that or that. I wanted somebody who was going to be my friend and somebody who would be loyal Hmm. and somebody that wouldn't be afraid to change diapers or, you know, to get in there and do the hard work. Right. Um, I wanted somebody who was spiritual and somebody who was going to take care of me as well. So I kept getting urged by the Spirit to look at him. You know, and I'm like, this is not my regular kind of guy, you know. And it's like just... And so I every time um, we had any interaction, I would go home and pray. Am I supposed to still move forward with this? Yes. And so for me, my rea- my... My interactions with him were always spirit-led. Mm. Am I to? Am I supposed to do this? And then I started, I think, at Valentine's Day, I brought in a cookie, and I left it for you in the drawer of, your, of the podium where the stuff was, and I wrote his name on it, something like Happy Valentine's Day or something mm. like that. You did a whole bunch of really nice things. You know. <clears throat> I mean, she's a cake decorator extraordinaire. I mean, we... She used to have a cake business, cake uh, shop and everything in Australia. And she's taught cake decorating a lot. But anyway, so she'd made a, a Ziggy cake for me and left it off at, uh, you know, at the Russian house. And mm-hmm. just did all these really sweet things. I mean. You know. Wow. And so uh, because, so he asked me out on a date. And it was a really, it was the funnest first date Um he had a roommate named Misha, and Misha, we, he took me ice skating, which I don't know how to ice skate or roller skate because my dad never let us growing up because he was a dentist, and he was afraid that I would fall and break my teeth. <laughs> so um, I we went to the ice skating rink, and he had to hold my hand because <laughs> I didn't know how to ice skate, so it worked out really well. I don't know if that was <laughs> intentional. A, yeah, that sounds like a win-win. <clears throat> no, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, was, it had snowed. It was pretty snowy, and Misha brought the meal, and 
it was just I'd never had anything like that. They set a picnic table out, a tablecloth on the picnic table, and he made um, roast beef dipped in aju sauce. And they had had he brought ice cream and they hid it. He hid it in the snow, and oh, we had to go cute. try and find the ice cream. And then he put it on the <laughs> tablecloth, and it was melty on there. And anyway, it was just really fun. And Misha and his date were there. We double dated for the food por- portion. Yeah. So then at the end we were cleaning up and Gin did really something really silly. It was cute. And he took the tablecloth off and he threw it around his shoulders and started running around the park like he was Superman with his <laughs> tablecloth and the ice cream dripped all the way down his back. <laughs> she was really impressed. I, well, actually, I was because he was just funny, you know, and it didn't phase him too much. And then afterwards we went back to the Russian house and we had to, we just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and um, we both had dates that night, so this was an afternoon date. Okay. So we didn't really want, I didn't really want to leave, and he didn't either. Well, I didn't either. But we both had dates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the life of BYU. Yeah, so, so he took me home, and, and it was just more stuff like that. I think I fell in love with him faster than he fell in love with me. Um, I had... Um, you know, and I, like I said, I had been very prayerful. And so after every single time we got together, I just asked, am I supposed to go on another date? Because I was never going to make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. Um, just saying step by step, step prayer by, by step, prayer. prayer by prayer. And so at one point, I we were at a baseball diamond. We were walking around. And I said to him, I don't even know why. I was just, I just said, again, I don't know how you, because I knew he was dating Three other girls besides me. It was in. It was the last semester I was at at university, and my mother had put the pressure on me the semester before. You know, because uh, he was twenty five. Yeah. Not married. Almost into special interest. <laughs> Three days from special interest. Three That's days. Where I, where I got <laughs> married. married. But anyway, my mother, who you know, um, supported that I had. Had uh, joined the church and they paid for his mission, even though they were Catholic. Yeah. Anyway, uh, wow. she was wondering why my letters never included any discussion of uh, girls uh, while he's dating or pictures or anything. Because the Mormon Church is all about families. Yeah, family and you know children. Yeah. yeah. Why? Are you, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so I was pretty intense, I guess. Uh, well, he had sent his mom. In response to that, he had a whole bunch of girls one at a time take a picture with him <laughs> and he sent him in a mail in the mail i'm sure she appreciated that they we're all on the same you know doorstep <laughs> the same day <laughs> she right saw I, like church, I like your style so i knew he was dating these other girls and i said to him something like I would be disingenuous at this time if I dated anybody else because I actually love you. And so I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm not going to date anybody else until you tell me to leave. And what was your take in when you heard that? I don't know. I think my my heart soared. Oh, wow. My spirit soared. But it's still, uh, you know, I'm still this very... um, cautious and fearful individual because you know any which way you look at it uh, the thought of um, 
getting married and I think my biggest concern and probably was well well justified you know that could could somebody you know put up with me for for time in all eternity and not get bored and tired of me you know sort of thing that's just the way I felt I guess and uh, so after I had told him that he had already planned on going to this one girl's house for Easter so that whole time I was like Heavenly Father I've done everything you've told me to do I have you know I've stopped dating other people and there was one guy that had come off his mission that I thought it was between him and Gin. Mm -hmm. And he was from my hometown, and I had deep feelings for him as well. But I felt like it was Gin. Like, my whole life, I always just felt like I was going to marry someone from a different country. Huh, that's interesting. Um, you know, my dad was the president of the International Experiment. No, the Experiment in International Living. And so most summers, we had people from Japan. We had people that came from Mexico that lived with us, and... Um, it just like innately felt like I was going to marry somebody from a different country. Right. And um, so when he was gone to this girl's house, I just thought, okay, he's going to, I've borne my soul to him and he hasn't committed and he's probably going to come home and tell me he's engaged to her. So I was just like dreading that time. But I thought, well, I'd rather know than to. Yeah keep prolonging this right so which BYU times it was only a few months right <laughs> well but, it's eternity yeah <laughs> but we saw each other every day you yeah know, we were teaching a lot together and we saw each other every day so but I, I backed up I, I need to tell you something so what and I think what motivated him to ask me out on a first date was something got my attention I got his attention <laughs> so they have this I think it was Wednesday night where all the different international folk dance teams come together in the P.E. Richards building, the Richards P.E. building, right? No. Yeah, yeah in the yeah. Richards building. Yeah. And um, they would just put on folk dance music for fun, and you could just dance. So all the hot shots like him mm -hmm. and all the PNs like me were there together, and we would dance these dances. <clears throat> so I was hanging around with a group of guys afterwards, which didn't include him, and I don't know, I was just in a silly mood because it's not like me. Like, I don't know what came over me. But he came up and he it, said... It was Valentine's Day. It was Valentine's Day. And he said, how about a kiss for my teaching part, my teaching companion? And I said, okay. So I reached up and I kissed him right on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it wasn't like a romantic one. Right. But I just reached up, Did put my arm around him and gave him a big kiss on the lips. <laughs> Well, he had a little chocolate kiss in his hand. That's what he was going to give me. <laughs> I like her chocolate kiss better. better than right. <laughs> well, it wasn't chocolate, but, but he blushed. Like, he blushed so much. And then I just burst out laughing, and I just thought it was the funniest thing when he handed me the chocolate kiss. <laughs> but that, that belongs in a movie scene. That's great. <laughs> so, so anyway, then it progressed to a point, and I was just doing things for him. I... Easter egged his room and hmm. put in all these little candies. So she was, she was being clear that she was, you know, interested, interested in interested a date. And, and classy and smart and cute. And well, so our dates, we would funny. go to do things like, okay, so he, he introduced me to the Illuminati and the secret combinations of things which I didn't even know about. My dad was politically conservative and he would always type up letters um, to... Congressmen, Congressmen mm -hmm. and 
He was always actively fighting government corruption. So I'd grown up with that, but I hadn't taken much interest. So our dates were definitely different. So we would go to the library and try and research the Illuminati and secret combinations, and we'd go to the card catalog. I mean, it's so funny because we didn't have computers in those days. Right. So we would go to the card catalog. We knew that they had a book, and it was just gone. So, you know, it was... It was, it was just gone. So there, this happened over and over and over again. So we would go to any places that we could to try and read and research. And so our conversations were interesting. Yeah. Um, anything but the standard normal thing. <laughs> it sounds like and it. And so, you know, he would tell me about his family. And so... And this is, and this is, you know, it's interesting because, you know, with your background again, you know, being from Australia, but, but having a background in Lithuania and, and seeing communism take hold in, in that country. Yeah. I mean, that, that probably those kind of conspiracies and those kinds of, um, uh, those things that, that, that actually happened to people, you know, probably were very important to you. Well, see his, his family, his grandpa was taken by the Russians and sent to Siberia and his mother, it was his mother's father. And she was supposed to be sent there too, along with her mother. But when the Russians came to get him, they were in separate cities and so that's why they weren't taken and he was he spent the rest of his life there except for i think one year he got let out and your mom went was able to see him one last time before he died wow and so then the germans because lithuania these baltic countries are in between these superpowers right so then the germans came in and took these boys and they said look you can either come now like you didn't have a choice it was come now or you can finish, like the, for the seniors, like his dad, you can finish school and then you have to come. So they signed that they would rather finish school. They were hoping they wouldn't have to go. Mm-hmm. Well, the Germans took them and forced them to work in camps. So then when I when I married again and came over, his dad would tell us all about, are we going way too long? No, we're, no, we're good. <laughs> his, his dad would tell us all about, tell me all about, these experiences and his mom too because i i sat down there and just wanted to talk to them right oh i bet it was fascinating it was and so but that's how our dates were is because i was learning about culture and about communism and about secret combinations and about you know all of these things that i mean the thing is i grew up with with those sorts of things uh being discussed somewhat in in our home and uh, because of the experiences my parents had. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess by and large in the United States, un- unless you were in a, a family that had some overseas experience like that, there's nothing like that to talk about here in the U.S. because people did not experience uh, what what many uh, nations went through in the Second World War when, you know, on, on the one hand you have the... the the Soviets come through, and then you have the the Nazis go, you know, through the countries, and people's experiences are very raw and very real, um, you know. And you know, many of these refugees after the war had no country to go back to, or or had a war torn uh, land, and and were living in refugee camps, and were so grateful to. Or were behind the Iron Curtain yeah. and were under and no communist no dictatorship, no way to get away anyway. But. So his family was split. So again, his mom was an only child, and she fled. And what most people don't understand is that with so the Russians killed more people than the Germans by far. Mm-hmm. Um, Their own people. You know? Yeah, but Their these own. kids that the Germans took part of this treaty. The end of the war was 
the Germans had to give him back. But these boys were killed as traitors to the... the and I never knew this, but Gin's dad was telling me all about it. He, he escaped because Gin's mom got false papers. And her, and Gin's mother's mother pretended to be his dad, her, his mother. So the, the mother-in-law pretended to be the mother. Right. They weren't married yet, but they would be. Got fake papers through the underground. They escaped, went to a displaced persons camp. They oh, got married, wow. and then they waited for a country to take them. Wow. So they fled with just what they had in a suitcase when they knew the Russians were coming back because Gin's mom and grandma knew that they were on that list that they would go to Siberia. You know what? I I need to, we need to have that as a show, I think. That, really? that story is is important, and I would love to do it, and... Um, that's, that's incredible. So, so, I mean, your dates were just like, and it's interesting because, um, I find that even with my wife, like, like, you know, the things we talked about when we were first, you know, hanging out together, dating, it was not, you know, your typical and, and maybe there's a color, (laughs) right, right. (laughs) What, what music stations do you listen to? (laughs) You know, um, and I, maybe there's a pattern there, you know, that, that you know, we're, we draw ourselves into interesting people and... Meaningful relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So he went away at Easter time, and my heart was just so on tenderhooks. I was worried that he was going to come home and tell You'd me... You'd bore your soul. I had borne my soul to him, and I was worried he was going to come tell, come home and tell me he chose her. But instead, he told me that he went and... What what did you say again? Boy, I don't know what I said. What did I say? <laughs> you told me that you knew that you couldn't be with yeah, this with the individual. Yeah, that that um, that you actually. Well, okay. So this is something else about him. So I was used to guys always wanting to make out with me, and me having to fight them off. Okay. So again, it wasn't like that. So I'd give him that one. It was an innocent kiss. Yeah. You know, and. After each of our dates, he would kiss my forehead or my cheek, sometimes my nose, but he would never kiss my lips. So it was after, it was, I think it was just maybe even just a couple of weeks or so before we got engaged, after you came home from her house, hmm. that we, we were, were in the kitchen, kitchen at yeah. the Russian house. Hmm. And we can't forget the song that came on. It yeah. was Donna Summer, Last Dance. Yeah. Now we're dancing in the kitchen. Aww. And he kisses me. And it's the only time in my entire life that I thought I was going to, my knees went weak. Like I couldn't hold myself up. Wow. Because the kiss was so magical. Mm. And um, it was just like, I don't know, there was something happened. Like I just, like I knew he, he was the one for me. Wow. You know, he treated me like a lady. He was smart. He was spiritual. He was funny. He was kind. I got really sick. He, um, when I was there at that last semester at BYU, and he sat there. I and just sat by my bed, and not my bed. I was on the couch or something. I can't remember. But he stroked my head, and he, you know, put cold compresses. And this would be a pattern to come, but. He was he was just good, just innately good, and um, make me want to cry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I can attest, he is very good. That is and true. And so anyway, so then 
Um, I think he had intended to ask me out, ask me to marry him in a probably more unique way. But we went, my brother got married and he came with me to the reception and, my, and the, the family meal and my dad was uh, teasing him. Uh, embarrassed us <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but he, he introduced me, him as my fiance, which we weren't at that time. <laughs> That's and, always exciting. <laughs> and um, he says, well, I, I know you're going to get married. So, you know, why not just something like that, right? Your, your mother got upset with him, didn't she? Yeah, she got really upset. And she thought that he made it, it blown it for again, that he would never want to marry me after uh. that. <laughs> and um, th then my brother had a reception down in Henderson, and so that was the first time Gin came down there. And we stayed up late. We were in those days. Um, my we had we didn't have cell phones, so we had if you were really like you had these really super long telephone cords. Right. So if you need to be in private, you'd have you to don't. walk. <laughs> And go into some other room to be in private, right? Something our kids just don't understand. They don't understand. <laughs> and so um, the the most private place was in the back hall that went out to the backyard <laughs> right. next to the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mine was outside the screen, outside the sliding glass door down, sitting on the steps. Okay, so you can understand. <laughs> I understand. So um, we were sitting in that back hall and... Talking late into the night. Mm -hmm. Really late. Wee hours of the night. And I don't think he planned on asking me to marry. Oh, he's really funny. The two days before, he'd asked me to go steady with him. The two days said, before he did? Yeah. He said, <laughs> I think we need to go steady, you know? And so then we were talking in the bathroom and... It wasn't steady anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Onward and upward. Talk about a romantic spot. To <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's times when I feel like, when, when during the hard times, I'm like, did I convince you to, t were you going to ask me to marry you or did I convince you to marry me? And um, he assures me he was going to, but I think that day, that night I convinced him that why aren't you just asking me to marry you? You know? <laughs> Well, I'm, and I'm curious, again, from your perspective, like what she, uh, Nancy mentioned, like kind of when, um, you know, with that kiss, it really kind of, that seemed to be the moment that the world was, that it had gone to now after again, <laughs> it changed. What about, what was it for you? When did you realize this is the woman that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? What, was there a moment? Was it just over time? How did that happen for you? Well... You know, Nancy had said we saw each other literally every day. So um, she just was a, a more and more wonderful person and showing uh, what a classy individual she was and that she was not she was not a stuck-up, you know, good-looking girl. She was just a class act. And, uh, you know, I, I made the comment to you before about feeling as though um, could I ever really keep somebody like this interested uh, through a whole lifetime uh, you know, because I don't don't have any particular ears about who I am or what I am or anything I'm just a just a regular guy you know uh, so that that had been always in the back of my mind just fearful if how could I ask somebody to be with me for forever uh, 
could I meet their expectations and stuff. But anyway, I think I had just come to love Nancy naturally mm-hmm. through that time more and more as we went along. And things like what what she said at the little baseball field. Um, I mean, I'm, I just can't believe that I could be so blessed and fortunate to have somebody care about me that way. And uh, it was just natural. It was a bad, bad place and time maybe to <laughs> propose, but <laughs> well, I'm on my way, honey, to do it. I promise. <laughs> I know. I'm saying this after we've been married for 40 years. Yeah. Exclusive with And If Love Remains. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that's really, really, I mean, beautiful. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And, and um, I think... I think we need to do a part two okay. <laughs> at some point because this is such a, and I know there, I mean, we have, I mean, this is like the iceberg. We barely scratched the surface of, of your story and it's an amazing story. So, um, um, maybe this is a good place to, to you're engaged and let's, let's catch up again and, and do it again. Sometimes Does that sound fair. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so loved hearing your stories and, Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Yeah, well, so if we could wrap it up, I would just say that after 40 years, we still love each other. Absolutely. And that's a fact. I've seen it personally. It's beautiful. So this is my... the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. Um, My name is Mike Lovett, and this is And If Love Remains. Mm -hmm.